0: Good morning and welcome to my home office here for our message today. I thought that a change of venue would be kind of interesting as we are beginning a new series and a new season here at Cross Connection Church as we're getting ready to celebrate Christmas. So before we do that, I just want to say Happy Thanksgiving. I know it's a little bit late for that, but now we're on into a whole new season. And as we are, I just want to begin by asking you this morning a question. What is your favorite Christmas song? I'm pretty sure that mine is the great song, "O oh Holy Night. I love the lyrics of that song. If I could sing, I might actually try to sing it. I won't because I can't, but the lyrics are great. So I just want to read through the opening stanza of that song. It says, "O oh, Holy Night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining, till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Fall on your knees, O hear the angel voices, O night divine, O night when Christ was born, O night, O holy night, O night divine." That is really like the perfect Christmas song, if you ask me. And I love those lines in that song where it says long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth and then these words a thrill of hope a weary world rejoices by virtually every indication i think that we are living at a weary time and i also think that you cannot live without hope this is a weary world and We are weary because of sin. We are weary because of the chains and oppression of death. We are weary because of the brokenness that sin and death have brought. The brokenness, it affects each of us personally. And it is a brokenness that we witness every single day. This brokenness, it wears upon us and it weighs upon us. And under the burdensome weight of the brokenness of sin and death, There ultimately is no joy and there is no peace. There is not a person alive or has ever lived that has not been affected by the weight of the brokenness and suffering of sin and death. So the song says, long lay the world in sin and error pining until he appeared. And then at his appearing, the one that is being sung about in that great song, we read a thrill of hope. The weary world rejoices. It is Christmas, or really beginning today is a season called Advent. The four Sundays that lead up to Christmas are Advent, and they have been celebrated in the global church for centuries. Advent is the beginning of what is called the liturgical year in a lot of more traditional or liturgical churches. So if you grew up as a member of, say, the Roman Catholic Church, or the Anglican Church, the Episcopal Church, the Orthodox Church, the Presbyterian Church, the Methodist Church, the Lutheran Church, then you probably celebrated Advent. And I began life in in Episcopal Church and kind of knew a little bit about things like Advent and the liturgy of a more traditional church. But I've spent most of my life in the Protestant, non-denominational church world. So Advent is kind of a foreign concept for a lot of us in the non-denominational circle of Christian churches. But what is commemorated and celebrated in Advent is really important. Advent means arrival. It comes from the Latin word adventus, which again means a coming or an approach or an arrival. And when you hear the word Advent, most people think of the coming or the arrival of Christ. And that's exactly what what it is that we are celebrating that's exactly what this season is that leads up to christmas at this time of the year we are celebrating the coming of christ and ultimately we will celebrate his birth on christmas day in just a few weeks and we'll celebrate it there on you know december 25th even if that's probably not the day that he was born on we're still going to celebrate it at that time but advent this season leading up to the celebration of christmas the four sundays leading up to the celebration of christmas it is not only the celebration of christ's first coming it is also a celebration of all that christ brings when he comes into the world so what does it mean that jesus came to the world what does he bring to the world so today the first sunday of advent I want to talk about what that kind of means. And we're going to be talking about this over the next several Sundays as we come up to Christmas. But it's important for us to recognize and understand that the advent of Jesus, the coming of Jesus into this world, the advent of Jesus is the advent of hope. It's not just the coming of Christ. It is the coming of many other things that come with him. And the advent of Jesus is the advent of hope. Just like the song says, long lay the world in sin and error pining. And then at his appearance, we have a thrill of hope and a weary world rejoices. At this moment, November 28th, 2021, this is a world that is weary. Now, I think that that is true really for the world at just about every point throughout history because we live in a broken and fallen world. But the weariness of this moment feels like It's very tangible, very real for us. I talk with people every single week who share with me uh, kind of the stories of their own weariness. People are weary after 20 months of COVID insanity and chaos. They are weary of politics. People are weary of incessant and divisive racial rhetoric. People are weary of news reports about masks and vaccines and protests and riots and inflation and supply chains. It it is a very tiring time and a very tiring thing as we just kind of trudge through all these different things that are going on. And that's one of the reasons that I absolutely love this time of year, because the time of Advent and Christmas are the perfect time for a reminder that Christmas is all about the arrival of hope, a hope that sees through all of these challenging sorts of things and it is a hope that does not disappoint look at what the apostle paul writes in romans chapter 5 which is where those words about a hope that does not disappoint come from reading from romans chapter 5 verse 1 there we read this therefore having been justified by faith we have peace with god through our lord jesus christ through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of god And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance, character and character, hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Jesus brings a sure and steadfast hope that does not disappoint. In this broken world, we are often disappointed by things that we either hope in or things that we hope for. If your hope is in a sports team, you'll be disappointed. If your hope is in your investments or in politics, if your hope is in science or medicine or technology, if your hope is in your good looks, your talents, your intelligence, your job, or even in your family or your friends, you will be disappointed. Your looks and your intelligence, they will fail. People will let you down. Investments will go up and then they will come down. Politicians will falter. Medicine and science, technology, they they can only carry us so far. But Jesus brings a sure and steadfast hope that does not disappoint. Biblical hope is an absolute certainty of future good. I've shared this with the church many, many times before. Biblical hope is an absolute certainty of future good. It's not merely an optimistic feeling. It is not wishful thinking, but it is an absolute assurance that is built upon the promise of a faithful and true God. Because this is true, our hope in God can be strong, and it is a trustworthy anchor for our souls. The author of the book of Hebrews, he writes about this in Hebrews chapter 6, where we read this in verses 18 and 19. So God has given both his promise and his oath. Those two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. This sure and steadfast hope that God gives us, it anchors us and it it gives us joy and peace. And all of this is found in and through Jesus. This is what the Old Testament prophets, especially like the prophet Isaiah, was looking forward to. He he writes about this 2,700 years ago when he prophesies these words in Isaiah chapter 40 verses 1 through 5. The prophet says, comfort. Yes, comfort my people, says your God. Speak comfortably to Jerusalem and cry out to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places smooth. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken." This was God's word to his people 2700 years ago, a people who were burdened and weary because of sin and burdened and weary by brokenness, the brokenness that comes from sin. And God's word to his people who were in this weary state was comfort. Yes, comfort my people speak comfort to them and the source of this comfort is this great word of hope from the prophet isaiah he he speaks of this word of hope and he says this your warfare is ended your iniquity is pardoned this was more than 700 years before jesus the lord jesus came into the world more than 700 years before he would bring his peace and his pardon to his people isaiah speaks these words of comfort through this promise here in this passage and The promise that the prophet gave, it it wouldn't be fulfilled for 700 years when he gave this word, but he spoke it prophetically as if it was complete and finished, that it was completely done. He says, your warfare is ended. Your warfare is pardoned. He's not saying it shall be. He's saying it's done. It's done because that prophetic promise was sure. And so in Isaiah's day, the people were looking forward to the coming of Christ, but they could stand with an absolute assurance that these things were going to come to pass. That's what biblical hope is all about. This is what the apostle Peter is referring to in the New Testament. He calls it a more sure word of prophecy. So this word that the prophet Isaiah gave to the people was a sure word of prophecy. It wasn't something that might happen. It was an absolute certainty that it was going to happen because God had spoken it. And That more sure word of prophecy, it would shine as a light in a dark place. And a light in a dark place is a great comfort. The prophetic promise was a promise of God's peace that would bring a pardon to a people who were broken because of sin. As the glory of the Lord would be revealed. The Old Testament prophets, they looked forward to the coming of Christ with a certain hope, and they looked forward to the dawning of a new day. That's where those words come from in that song, O Holy Night, a thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. So they were looking forward to the dawning of a new time that would come through the coming of the glory of the Lord, through the coming of Christ, the advent of Jesus. And they had great hope in that. The prophets predicted that this glorious promised one would come, And this one who would come, the prophets made very, very clear in the Old Testament prophets, he would be born of a virgin, says Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. This coming one who would bring peace and bring a pardon that they hoped for, he would be born in the city of Bethlehem. The prophet Micah wrote that in Micah chapter 5. We find in the Old Testament book of Genesis that this coming one who the people hoped for that would bring peace and a pardon, he would come through the the line of Abraham. He would be a descendant of the Old Testament patriarch Abraham. We find that in Genesis chapter 12. And then he would come through Abraham's son Isaac and through Isaac's sons, son Jacob and through Jacob's son Judah and through Judah's descendant, a man named Jesse, and through Jesse's son, the king, King David. So All of these prophecies were given in the Old Testament to give the people hope that the Lord was going to bring this peace and this pardon one day. The Old Testament prophets, they looked forward to the revealing of the glory of the Lord. The one who would deal finally and ultimately with sin and suffering and death and brokenness. And the prophets, they looked forward in hope to the advent of the King of Kings and the kingdom that the King of Kings would bring. And the prophets looked beyond his first coming, which is what we celebrate when we celebrate Christmas. They looked beyond his first coming to what we refer to as his second coming, which is ultimately what we Christians today, we look forward to in hope. The prophets thousands of years ago, they looked forward to the coming of Christ. We still look forward to the coming of Christ. The hope that the prophets predicted is the hope that gives us ultimate comfort. Now, again, I, I think you already know this, but I also think it's good that I remind you of it again. Our hope is not in our investments. It's not in our intelligence. It's not in our ingenuity. It's not in our jobs. It's not in our health. It's not in our family. It's not in our nation. It's not in our national leaders. I hope that you have a job. I hope that you might even have good investments. I hope that you have family and that you have good friends. I hope that you have your health I hope and i'm sure you hope that we have good leaders but ultimately my hope is not in these things and even if all of those things were to fail then when we read the scriptures we find we would still have hope we still have hope if we trust in and hope in christ there are a lot of things in this world at this very moment that can be very discouraging from a certain perspective things can look pretty bleak and they can look very dark And it can be pretty depressing. But the hope that God brings us in Christ, it gives us rest. The hope that God brings us in Christ, it gives us courage and strength of heart. The hope that God brings us in Christ is sure and steadfast. And when we celebrate Christmas, we need to remember that we are celebrating this eternal Hope. So, just as the prophet Isaiah said in Isaiah chapter 40, comfort, yes, comfort my people, says God. The sure and steadfast hope that we have in Christ should be for us a great comfort. But it is possible this morning that you don't have this hope. The Apostle Paul, in his letter to the church at Ephesus, he talked about being without Christ and without hope in this world. And Sadly, there are many, many people who are without Christ and without hope in this world. They, they hope in, like I was saying, the things that aren't ultimately going to be sure and steadfast. They hope in their intelligence. They hope in their their youth. They hope in their health, their vitality. They hope in all kinds of different things. And all of those things are ultimately going to leave them pretty hopeless because those things are fleeting. And so ultimately, they have no hope in this world. And that's possibly you right now. Maybe you are going through a time where you are somewhat hopeless because things seem dark and bleak to you. I'll tell you, if you read the news every single day or you listen to a lot of news sort of podcasts or content on the internet right now, there's a lot of reasons to be discouraged and to be depressed and to just be kind of burdened by all the things that are going on in the world. And if your hope is in the things of this world, then Uh, there's a pretty good reason for you to be kind of hopeless. So you might find yourself today as someone who is lacking hope, but I want you to know this very important truth. God's desire is that you would experience and enjoy his hope. The coming of Christ into the world, which is exactly what we celebrate every year on December 25th for Christmas. The coming of Christ into this world is the arrival of enduring hope for a weary world. And I believe that God wants you to have this hope, to experience and enjoy this hope. So the obvious question is, how do I get this kind of hope? Well, let me return back to that passage in Romans chapter five, where Paul is talking there about a hope that does not disappoint. And look at what he says in Romans chapter five, verse one. He says, therefore, having been justified by faith, We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. What does all of that mean? Well, I think it can be simply summed up or boiled down to this. Grace from God brings peace with God, giving us hope in God. Let me say that again. Grace from God brings peace with God, giving us hope in God. Jesus came into the world 2,000 years ago, which is what we celebrate at Christmas, and he came into this world on a rescue mission to seek and to save that which is lost. He came to give his life a ransom for many. He who knew no sin became sin for us, and he suffered in my place, in your place, on the cross. And in his suffering, he graciously demonstrates his love for us, so that he might save us from sin and death, thereby giving us hope, eternal hope. Hope in God is a gift of God's grace, a gift that is freely available to you and to me. At Christmas, it is our tradition to exchange gifts, and it is God's desire to exchange his grace, love, forgiveness, and blessing for my sin, my guilt, my shame, and my brokenness that's what he wants to do for you he wants to take your sin and your guilt and your shame and your brokenness and in place of that he wants to give you his grace his love his forgiveness and his blessing and how do we make this exchange and receive this gift of God's grace well again Paul in the book of Romans chapter 10 he gives an answer to that question he answers it like this he says this in Romans chapter 10 verse 9 if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. And then in verse 13, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Jesus came into the world to save sinners from their sins. He came to give abundant and eternal life. He came to give hope to those who are hopeless. If you find yourself in that place today of being hopeless and you'd like to experience and enjoy this great enduring hope, this steadfast hope that is an anchor for your soul, I want to lead you in a simple prayer of confession and faith right now to receive his gift of grace that is freely available to you. So prayer is just simply talking to God. And so if you want to receive this gift of God's grace that brings enduring hope then you can just pray right where you're at right now with me, a very simple prayer that is something like this. It just simply says, Lord Jesus, you just pray with me, just follow along with me and say, Lord Jesus, I recognize that I have fallen short of your perfect standard. I confess to you my sin and my failures, and I pray that you would forgive me of my sin. I ask that you'd come into my life, forgive me and give me your grace. Help me to trust in you and to follow you. Help me to know your grace and to experience your hope. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer with me today, if you have put your trust in Christ, then we at Cross Connection Church, we would love to know about that. And you can let us know by simply just going to the website listed below and fill out the form so that we can be in touch with you. We want you this Christmas season as we are celebrating Advent, as we're talking this week about hope, and in the coming weeks, we're going to talk about peace and we're going to talk about joy, we're going to talk about love. All of these things are things that come to us as a result of Jesus coming to this world. As we're talking about these things in this season, we want you to know and experience these things in your life. That's God's desire for you that you would come into a relationship with Jesus, that you would connect with God through Christ. And that as you do, you would experience his, his comfort. You would experience his hope and his joy and his love and his peace. All of these things that seem to be significantly lacking right now in this time that we are living in. We are living in a time that seems pretty bleak and seems sometimes kind of dark. And yet Jesus, he is a bright shining light. And he calls to us and says, come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. And one of the ways he gives us rest is by giving us an enduring, steadfast hope that does not disappoint. And that's available to you in Jesus Christ. I hope that you know that. I hope if you've prayed that prayer today that you would visit the website that's on the screen, you'd let us know about it. But as we close our time together, I know it's kind of a shorter message today, but just a very simple point. God desires us to know this great hope. And the advent of Jesus is the advent, the coming of this hope into this world. And so I just want to close this time. With a prayer for you and a prayer for us during this time so father god we thank you for the hope that you give us in christ jesus we thank you that your hope is a hope that does not disappoint as you pour out your love by your spirit in our lives and in our hearts and lord i pray that we would have this hope as a strong consolation for our souls and we not be easily shaken Lord, our ultimate hope is not in the things of this world. Our ultimate hope is with you in eternity. And we look forward to the day when we will be in your presence and we'll be free from all the brokenness of this world. But Lord, until that time, I pray that you'd strengthen your people with hope. And I pray especially for those who know you in this Christmas season, as we interact with other people at school or work, in our neighborhoods, within our families, people who may not know you, that they would see in us that we have a a hope that does not disappoint. And we're not shaken by the things that go on in this world because our hope is ultimately in you. And the people that we interact with who don't yet know that, that they'd be drawn to you because of what they see in us. Lord, do that work in your church, we pray. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen.